Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Special thanks to the Town of Vale for their support of the Vale Dance Festival and Conversations on Dance live podcast recordings. This episode was recorded live at the Manor Vale Lodge. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Good morning, everyone. Hope you all had a nice weekend with lots of dance in it. Uh, my name is Michael Sean Breeden. I'm one of the hosts of the podcast, Conversations on Dance. And as many of you know, if you've attended these talks uh, in the past or this past week, uh, my co-host, Rebecca King Ferraro, uh, she is out on maternity leave, but I've been so lucky to be joined by some special guest hosts. So today I have my good friend, Kate Panner with me. Kate is the social media manager here at the festival. So if you like what you see on social media, we can give Kate a round of applause for that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, and I'm joined by two uh, of the artists here at the Vail Dance Festival, one of whom has been one of the most integral performers for the past several years. That's Lil Buck. <laughs> and we have another who's brand new this season, KJ Takahashi. <laughs> so, uh, KJ, you have a pretty interesting background in dance that is uh, a bit unusual for a ballet dancer. You know, normally it's like, well, you know, I got in when I was nine or ten, but you have very diverse um, background in your, your dance interests. So I want to hear a little bit about um, what sparked a love of dance to begin with and, and how you um, continued on from there. Yeah. Um, it mainly started when I was like eight years old. I was in, like, I was in that era of like where YouTube was like starting to blow up on the internet and like there's a lot of videos that I saw of like Michael Jackson, his music videos. Um, Watched a, I basically just watched his music videos like all day every day, <laughs> obsessed with him. And like, I think just seeing his live performances on YouTube as well just like really sparked that like passion to like really want to get into dance. Mm -hmm. Did yeah. you have um, like, what, how did that translate then into like getting you into some formal training? Um, well, yeah, my older sister actually was already in a dance studio back in Texas before me. And um, I think 
I'm not sure if I know the story correctly, but I think my mom sort of just threw me into the hip hop classes there because I just had way too much energy as a kid. And so they just kind of threw me into hip hop classes. And then I don't know, it's like I loved every single second of those hip hop classes. And like I always wanted to go back. And then, yeah, and then I started doing the hip hop classes when I was about eight. And then once I got to 10 years old, that's when I started um, integrating more ballet, like jazz, tap dancing, into, mm-hmm. so, yeah, my training. Yeah. And Buck, you, similarly, you explored different dance styles, like, it, as a huge part of your training. Tell us a little bit about your background. I just want to say, you have the best voice. That I've heard on a microphone in a long time. No, but, uh, but, um, yeah. I'm happy to be doing this with KJ, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. That's, that's amazing. My my career, I mean, when not not even career, just my love for dance and passion for dance in general. It started with Michael Jackson as well. Um, you know, um, if I remember correctly, we had one of the, me and my sister got a hold of one of his tour tapes. I forget which tour it was, but it was on VHS back when you know, you know, y'all know. <laughs> and, um, and we watched it religiously. And we watched it so many times that we learned all of his choreography from watching it on the tapes. And it was the same. Well, um, you know, we knew we, that's what we knew we had a passion for dance and we just stuck with it. And that was something that me and my sister had together. You know, that's something that me and my sister, you know, um, shared a bond with. You know, we, we, we bonded over dance, we bonded through dance. Um, and and that's what kept us happy growing up all of our lives and um yeah it went from that to um we well we moved around a lot you know i was born in chicago so i was in chicago until i was eight years old and um this is when we you know started watching a lot of those tapes and then once once i moved to memphis tennessee at that young age um you know, we struggled a lot, you know, just growing up. Me and my family, my mom had like two different jobs to try to, you know, keep us, you know, you know, just a roof over our heads. So like that dance was the one thing keeping us happy. So I would just, so that was that thing that I just gravitated towards, you know, and um, and I just kept it going, you know. My sister had a passion for dance, but she also had a passion for shoes. So <laughs> she eventually got a job at Foot Locker and I kept the dance you know, I, I kept it. I kept it going for both of us, and um, and you know, it eventually, you know, in Memphis, I eventually stumbled upon this dance style called Memphis Jukin, pronounced Juk, and um, and that's where my mind was blown away by, you know, just the, I guess the, um, the access to high level dance because I just did it at a, you know, just as a hobby. And then, you know, and I always thought the level of Michael Jackson's movement was unattainable. Mm-hmm. I just thought you just had to be that special type of person. You know, no matter how many times you learn the routines, you can never do anything like him. So, um, but it wasn't until I moved to Memphis and I saw these, you know, these guys my age that were gliding around like it was just making it look so easy. And, and, I, and it just blew my mind. And that's when it really, you know, stuck with me for the rest of my life. You've spoken in the past, um, when you've been on the podcast before, about how you would just spend hours and hours with your friends just, like, trying to hone these skills. Like, it's so much more specific and um, 
you know, I think because when when we watch you, it, it feels so um, free and improvisational that there's like it's it divorces you from how disciplined it is. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's that's so true. And um, I try to you know just really educate people as much as possible about that particular thing, especially these days now when you know I make a lot of things look so easy, <laughs> and people think it's just something like. Like Damien kind of said it once, you know. He, uh, it, um, before I, had to, I mean, after I hit the stage, I think I think it was after I celebrated. I mean, no, actually, it was during me and Tyler Peck's performance when we talked to us about it. Um, and up close, you know, he was just saying it's something that little Buck's born with, and I was born with that energy, but I wasn't born with these skills. You know, <laughs> you know I had to learn. I, I had a lot of training that I had to do to be able to move and make it look as easy and free as it does. Memphis Jukin is is such a technical dance style. Um, and a lot of people don't know the ins and outs of it. And I'm actually making a show right now that is that 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 touches on that very, you know, that very thing. And I'm happy you brought that up because um there's so many complexities to Jukin uh to make it what it is. And if you've seen me teach a class before, Shout out. <laughs> but if you see me teach a class uh, about Memphis Jukin, then you know, you know, you you hear all this information. You know how much and how much focus and technique it takes just to get the bounce right. You know, and then you got to go to that next step of learning the fundamentals. And after you get the fundamentals, that it's just so much. There's so many moving parts, and we didn't have mirrors or anything like that, so it had to be filling, and that's what makes it look like, you know, as as free as it does. Because, you know, we didn't have the element of, or we didn't have the money to afford studios to be um, dancing in front of mirrors. And we can actually, you know, um, really sharpen these tools in a way of like, well, in, you know, in, in a certain, in a particular way. So we had to do it in our own way of just training every day and, and dancing every day and all day. Like you said, it, it was hours and hours and hours under my carport trying to get these, you know, um, trying to get these moves down and try to get these basics down and, and, and sharpen it and make it look as easy as I do now. Mm -hmm. I, I, are the people that you're working with then, are you all offering criticism to one another or are you just like your own coach kind of? Well, um, it's both. Mm -hmm. it, you know, how it starts, it starts with me and my peers. It started with me and my peers, you know, um, and, and my friends just, and you know, my generation, in my generation, back in my generation, we had it hard. You know, we didn't have, I didn't have classes like that. Like how I'm teaching classes now, there were no classes. I just had to go out there and uh, meet up with some of these guys and we would just dance. And we had to find those techniques. You know what I mean? It was like, we knew about these things, but we had to just look for them and really have a keen eye for movement and develop that eye for movement to be able to catch on and be like, okay, I see how he's doing this. I see, I, I, I kind of get it. And um, so it was a lot of that going on, but it, but at the same time, you know, we give each other feedback. We tell each other, you know, your bug jumps, your your knees to, you know, your knee, your knee's supposed to be coming up and not your foot coming down. Well, you know, we would correct each other. And, um, but also, you know, we enjoyed it. You know, it was a freedom at the same time of us just dancing and, and correcting each other and dancing and complimenting each other and dancing. So that, that's what made it easy for us to spend countless hours a day, you know, just, just training and developing these skills because it was, you know, right. we had the best of both. Right, sure. 
Uh, KJ, I want to hear, go back to your training for, uh, for a second now and hear a little bit about how you were balancing both of those styles. You know, when did, when did ballet start to kind of become more of the primary form of dance that you were focusing on? Yeah, I think ballet became more, um, more of the main focus in my life when I got to SAB. Um, I got to SAB at 14. And at first, to be honest, that, ballet was really only a hobby for me. And like, I really had it as a, as a little, little uh, you know, other style of dance that I do. And I was mainly focused on hip hop. But once I got to SAB and I saw sort of like the true potential of like what a ballet career can be. Um, yeah, that's when I really made me start to focus and on that. And I think, I think the spark moment for me was when I was an advanced student and I did um, the little mandolin dancing of Peter's Romeo and Juliet. And I was, I finished the dance and I, I watched the rest of act two, just backstage. And I think I clearly remember Roman was uh, Mercutio, I think. And yeah, and, and Chris Grant was Benvolio, I remember that. And I just remember seeing them, them just like having so much fun backstage, you know, and like motivating each other in the wings before they go on. And I think just seeing that and that, like that sort of like, you know, uplifting positive energy backstage just really wanted me to like, or motivated me to like want to be a part of that as well. Did you feel like, I mean, obviously you have a finite amount of time to train and work and, and ballet can really, um, you know, consume that heavily. So did you feel like you had to really put the other forms of dance you're interested in um, on the back burner? Like, how did you keep that alive at all? Um, yeah, I don't know. It was like, it was, it was really hard to find that balance of having time for ballet and then also having time for the animation dance that I do. And I was I'm not really sure how I did it to be honest. It was like really like get up early before before my 1030 advancement class and like find some place to film a video, you know, get that done and then rush over to SAB, take classes, do my thing. And yeah, I think I think it was that just that have you know working on that balance was just like it was hard. I think it's it's worth it. It was worth it. And you managed to gain a pretty impressive following on YouTube, oh. which is um, I don't know. Did you feel like a sense of I don't know what the word is, but you know you that's what you grew up with. Like that was informing you and inspiring you, and now it was already like at a very young age inspiring other new generations of dancers. Like what's that? What's that feel like for you? You mean like what does it feel like to have that following? Or? Yeah, just um, like that you that you are impacting people already. I mean, how old are you? Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> already at such a young age, um, you're you're making a big impact on other young dancers. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely very um, motivating to sort of know that I have that sort of fan base that's like supporting me and like you know is looking up to me. Like, and, and that also does come with a lot of responsibility to like you know really bring forth that next generation, that inspiration so that they can also, you know, someday be in, be in like my shoes in a way, yeah. I do have a question for Beth because that's something that you have in common with KJ as well, which is you have had enormous sort of success online 
in terms of people knowing who you are, name recognition? Um, would you point to the swan as a sort of turning point for you? I'd say um, as far as um, opening a door to um, being seen and being able to inspire people outside of my, you know, um, my, you know, the craft that I was, you know, that I was developing myself through um, street dance and, and Memphis jumping and hip hop. Uh, yes, the swan was that, yeah, the swan was that, um, that launching board for me to be able to um, have access to, and other people to have access to what I do outside of my, my genre of movement. And, um, and yeah, I, um, it's like KJ said, it's, it's such a big, you know, um, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to have, it, I'm, I'm happy I got to be able to be that person to, to you know, um, kind of bridge that gap and open that door, um, to have people in, you know, in, in my field of, of street dance, have that appreciation for, um, you know, for these two, for two different styles and these two different elements like hip hop and, and, uh, and street dance and, and, you know, classical, you know, merging and, and vice versa. And it's also like, like KJ said, it's a, it's a, you know, it's, it's a responsibility that, that, that automatically comes with that of us wanting to, you know, be able to put more out and actually, you know, inspire people and, it, uh, you know, to, you know, just keep doing it, keep going and keep doing what they do best, keep doing what they want to do just because, you know, and it's always something that we have to remember. I feel like, like me and KJ, um, you know, just as people who develop art, I mean, develop our art in such a, you know, incredible way. Um, it's always something that I always go back to as far as, you know, that feeling that I felt when I first saw, um, you know, Jeremy Bobo Greer, which nobody knows in here but me. But um, that feeling of, when I first saw him for the first time in the Crystal Palace skating ring, gliding across the carpet, <laughs> like it was water. You know, that feeling that, you know, that I saw him in person, you know, just gliding just stuck with me forever. And it's still in here and, it, and it's still vivid. You know, when you see me on stage, I want, I, I want, I want you to feel like how I felt. And um, and I know KJ has its, you know, he, he also probably has a moment like that. I wanted to ask him about, <laughs> I wanted to Get ask in, you a yeah. question about that actually. <laughs> like, what was that moment for you, man, that, that made you want to be like, I think I want to keep doing this, mm. you know? I, I think I want to just keep that going. Uh, I think f for me personally, like, it was definitely like not as personal as yours, you know, seeing someone in person. It was more like me seeing someone on a TV screen. But uh it was it was it was seeing uh, Michael Jackson's uh Billie Jean performance of the in the Grammy Awards. Nice. Oh yeah. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that one was like yeah, I, I remember seeing that and him doing that moonwalk across the stage and like I was just blown away. So I was like, How did he do that? And like that I was like, yeah, like I said before, I was like analyzing that video, you know, all day, every day, repeating it, you know, flipping the image so I can actually do it exactly how he did it. And yeah, I mean, that's definitely that moment for me. Was it that um, ballet you just spoke of when you saw... Um Roman and Chris? Yeah, right. oh, exactly. Was, was, that was it that, they, that made you want to keep going with with ballet or was it something... That that was, yeah, that definitely was the moment that made me want to actually pursue a career in ballet. 
but for like for dance in general, in general it was it was, it was MJ, that right? Michael Jackson. Yeah, that right. was a Michael Jackson video. Yeah, uh, Buck, I'm wondering if you could get into it a little bit with us about um, what makes Jokin distinct from other forms of street dance. In particular, like one really you know, incredible component of your dancing that we all love is like when you, what I call like just being on point, you know, like the strength of your angles and the mobility is just truly wild. But is that something that's unique to Jukin or is that? Oh, no, absolutely not. So that's a part of my personal, um, you know, just my my personal approach to Memphis Jukin. Memphis Jukin is, it's such a flat, footed dance you know it, it uh, most of it has nothing to do I mean yeah most of it has nothing to do with being on point and this is just something that I enjoyed you know um so uh it's a part of that freedom that I'm telling you about like if it's joking like whenever I describe it, I describe it as like um you know like I'd say 60 percent you know improvisation and, and and using your own creativity to express yourself and the rest of it is 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 all about the fundamentals which is mostly flat-footed movements and bounce and in a, a particular bounce what makes Memphis Jukin distinctive is um is the knowledge I would say that that comes with it because you have to know you know th- this is a culture Memphis Jukin is not just a dance style it's a culture that people live in Memphis, Tennessee, it's a big part of our culture, and um, and it's more than just a movement. Uh, there would be no Memphis Jukin if it wasn't for that that Memphis culture shaping the way it's it's you know informing the way it has in Memphis uh, to make it what it is. That Memphis music, like the Memphis sound, you know, the Memphis music that we danced to had a particular way. You know, these producers had a particular way that they made music to make us move a certain way. Which you know, you know, in turn made the dance style look the way it looks. So it was a combination of these producers, like you know, Three Six Mafia, or you know, and all these guys just making certain sounds and making us bounce a certain way to be able to do that gangster walk movement, or do that L step, or this push toe, or point toe, or you know, this buck jump, and all these different things. So the, yeah, I mean, yeah. So to answer your question, uh, I just that was a part of something that made it distinctive for me because when you're on a journey learning Memphis Jukin, you wanted to find out how can I, you know, express myself in a very unique way? How can I make myself, you know, look different from this other Juker? And that was and, and that was something I had to learn fast because I was pretty late to the party. Like people was doing this back in the eighties, you know? And um so I was like, how can I make myself, you know, and I enjoyed spend, I, I, I enjoyed watching dancers when they did go on their toes. They, they'd go up there for a certain amount of time. They'd go up there for probably like two, three seconds, then come back down with a glide and start back stepping again. And I was like, I wonder how it, you know, it, ooh, what if he just held that for like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what if he just held it up there for about a minute? How crazy would that be? And then, you know, my introduction to to ballet when i was around 16 years old i would watch ballet dancers up there and just 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 hanging out up there and i just be like i i gotta learn how to do this and you know i never had point shoes so i you know i just wanted to learn how to do them in, in the shoes i was wearing and and that's what kind of helped that fuel that passion of me wanting to you know um work with what I got, you know, and, and, and learn and develop those skills of being on my toes. But I was also naturally flexible. So I, want, I wanted to use what I had, you know, naturally 
in my body to help bring out the best in my dance style and, and, and develop, you know, that uniqueness. So I developed that uniqueness through my, flexi my natural flexibility and wanted to be on my toes as long as the ballet dancers ever watch. I can't stress enough, like, in ballet, we're told, especially as you're training to go on point, that the body only moves in certain ways and you shouldn't be moving in other ways. And I remember the first year that Buck came to the festival and you were not there while we all tried to jerk in the parking lot later. <laughs> but we were like, how is his heel going forward like that? It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think that, not to get too into the weeds, but as, like, as dancers, you, you always are like fighting this thing between like flexibility and strength like they don't normally go together but then that's what's so fun to watch you is in these like wildly flexible um positions like have that complete strength and um control over what you're doing it's such a, a cool thing for us to watch it's yes. a cool thing to experience <laughs> <laughs> you know sometimes i surprise myself no no but um i mean it's all strength and conditioning you know mm -hmm. i had to naturally learn how to how to, you know, but I learned a lot in ballet. Like my, my artistic director, Katie Smythe, um, she, she just understood it. You know, being from Memphis, she just got it. She was like, she knew exactly what I was working, exactly what was putting strain and weight on certain, you know, parts of my bodies and the inside of my knees and all these different parts where I was using my flexibility naturally. And she was just be like, oh, little buck. I love it when you do that, but you really have to start strengthening your knees and doing this because, and, and I learned a lot from that, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I started to try to, you know, she never told, she, she didn't know how to make, how to get me to strengthen my knees in certain ways to keep that longevity for what I was doing with what I was doing mm -hmm. because she wasn't even used to seeing anybody do that, but she just told me that it's something I had to start thinking about. So I started to develop my own techniques of how to strengthen you know, my knees and my, and my ligaments and, and my ankles and, and all of it. Can I ask what sort of, for both of you, as you're training, what does that look like in a general sort of like practice session before you're here? And, you know, especially when you're in a collaborative piece, you can go from like walking into one of our rehearsal studios to really doing a lot of dancing like pretty quickly. So on a regular day where you're not doing a whole amount of creation, what does conditioning look like for you? Mm. not really I mean do you mean like as in like what I do like before rehearsal like to if you're gonna go into a rehearsal where you're doing animation dance okay is there a warming up process is there something you do to maintain yourself any drills or anything that you do like that for me it's not really like a crazy warm up kind of thing you know it's, it's sort of like a few hops around here and there get the muscles <laughs> get the blood flowing but yeah i mean if it's like for like an actual like ballet like rehearsal like i will do like a pretty decent bar like stretching here and there but yeah i don't know what do you what do you do for me um well after well i wouldn't say i develop but um, in Memphis Jukin, we have a bit of a warm-up routine, and uh, you know, uh, I teach that in my class as well. Like I start off all my classes like that, but um, we just bounce. We 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 turn on the music and we start doing these bounces. And there's different types of bounce. There's the half bounce, the quarter bounce, the octo bounce, the double octo bounce. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, I told y'all it's technical. But there's there's these different bounces that that can warm your body up pretty fast. So I start off with those. And do those for about, and do those drills for about maybe like 
15 minutes and then I do the and then I go on to the buck jump drills and I'm doing like a whole three minutes of a particular buck jump then I do another three minutes of another particular buck jump then I do another three minutes so I'm just drilling these different so I just drill the basics that the basics are really a a, a, a phenomenal way to warm up in Memphis joking and um and to really get the buff flowing and get the body going so I just drill the basics the buck jumps the you know because they get the body you know they get the you know the body pretty warm in, in those bounces before I go out there and start doing all these crazy different moves in my ankles and body. Could you describe to us what a buck jump is? Yes. <laughs> so, um, I know y'all want to see me get up. Yeah. Uh, well, a buck, no, a buck jump. I would ask you to help me out. No, she took my class. She was awesome. Uh, yeah. No, the buck jump, um, the buck jump is really, um, it's a bounce. So like I was telling y'all, I'm not gonna take too long. There's a <laughs> there's a half bounce which is on the one and the five. There's the the um, the quarter bounce which is on a one three five seven if you're counting the eight. That is. There's the octo bounce which is on a one two three four five six seven eight. And there's the double octo bounce which is on each count and also the in between counts. So one and two and three and four and five and six and seven and eight. So the quarter bounce, I mean the half bounce is the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, two, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then you have the, um, the court, I mean that's the half bounce, the quarter bounce is the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then the octo bounce is that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then the double octo is that one and two and three and four and five and six and seven and eight. And, and so um, as you can see, that'll get your body pretty warm, pretty fast. And you're just bouncing. That's just the very basics of it. And then, the, but the buck jumps, in buck jumps, you use the um, the octo bounce. So you use that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight bounce. So the buck jump is pretty much you're, um, you're, you're using that bounce, but also lifting each knee twice. So if I'm just doing the, the octo bounce, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and start to lift my knees. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And I can just go back to that bounce naturally. So all of those bug jumps, you know, it stems from that, the nucleus of it all, which is that bounce. So that's a bug jump, basically. Long story short, that's, <laughs> a, that's the number one bug jump. When we have the ski bug jump. We have the hero bug jump. So we have so many different variations of it. Look, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you popped out. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but y'all can see how, you know, it's a pretty, pretty good warm up, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I've never been happier with the follow up question I asked, so that's, that's great. <laughs> uh, KJ, let's go back to you and um, hear a little bit about, you know, your first year in the company in New York City Ballet. And I'm curious, um, did, did people have an awareness of your, your other additional background in dance, or did it? take a second for people to know. Like, now I can see, you see Justin Peck taking advantage of um, your other skill set, but was that something when you joined New York City Ballet that people were, um, you know, aware of? Honestly, I don't think, no, I don't think anyone in the company knew about, like, the, the YouTube channel uh -huh. before. Your secret life online. <laughs> I like, yeah, my, my hidden life. But, um, no, it, it definitely did, like, take a, a good while for everyone to like sort of start to find out like that I had that sort of you know 
side hustle going on. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, it was... It was, it was nice for everyone to know, to be honest. Right. Like, I mean, because now you see it's like, I'm sure it opens up a, a different world of repertoire to you. I mean, it certainly opened a new door for me, like in sort of, in terms of like rep and like what I what I can do on stage. Right. I, like we all saw um, your work in Partita, which was um, on New York City Valley Moves um, evening here in Dan- at the Bale Dance Festival. And that was just such a, a cool thing to see you use this entirely different like arsenal of... Mm dance um skill Mm -hmm. it definitely was um even though it was like something i've never done before it still felt so familiar only because um because like justin's justin's like movement in sneakers is like there's like i can definitely feel like little hints of like inspiration of like hip-hop right in there and I I certainly like do mix in like my the things I knew from when I was doing hip hop into also like just what Justin wants and it's yeah it's it's very beneficial I think at least to have like you know a lot of different um kind of styles of dance in your dance vocabulary mm-hmm. because it'll just like it can benefit you so much and like you could mix and match and do all these different kinds of things with with the way you move mm-hmm. and create something else too right yeah uh, uh yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just intrigued i wanted to add a question um no i love it um so because you do have that experience and it and you know animation in 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 that particular you know in your own particular dance style mm-hmm. um outside of ballet is that something that, you know, I mean, it's no right or wrong question. I'm just asking because I'm just curious. But is that something that you, um, do you ever think about that? Like that that approach to what you do in New York City Ballet? Like, do you ever, like, do you think that there will someday be some type of, you know, synergy happening with, you know, um, with what's being choreographed and using your own style and, and actually doing ballet and, and, and having it? Um, that that emergence happened on stage at the ballet? I'm hopeful that that'll happen at some point. Um, there have, I mean, there have been, like, works by the company that that's, are, like, almost bridging that gap in a way. Like, I mean, Kyle Abraham's The Runaway is, like, mm. it's something that, like, you know, it's New York City Ballet has never done before. You know, new ballads with a with an audio track, which is like rare, and like there's and it's using Kanye music, which is like crazy. Um, <laughs> but it's 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 I think it's one step closer to like what I would want to see. You That's know, cool, New man. City Ballet produce. <laughs> no, I love it because yeah. it's people like you who are helping ch- you know shift that mindset there. You know, y'all are there on a daily basis and um and 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 just bringing that energy there. I think is. It's an amazing thing because it's like you said, like you, you know, something all something new always happens from that relationship, mm-hmm. from from those two things coming together, and um, it'll be it'll be awesome to see that you know on a stage yeah. and become an original piece, not just something that's just like a one-off performance or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know? So I was just always curious about that. I love you asking the question because <laughs> this, this, this happens a lot. It's a here. conversation, yeah. no, exactly. Yeah. And I, but I think it's it's indicative of how. Like the artists that come together at Real Dance Festival are just very curious, and that feeds what you guys do. Like last year, I think Justin Peck and Caroline Shaw just like 
you know, let me sit here while they like had, they, you know, they just were both so hungry for new information. And that feels like such a hallmark of what happens at Vail. So, um, Buck, you've been out here. What was your first year in Vail? Oh, man. Uh, was it 2012? So you've been out for a minute then. <laughs> have, I, have I been here before? Two? No, I think it was 2012, maybe. Right, so um, I'm just curious then, like now you, like you're, you're so comfortable here. Do you come in with ideas before the festival about, about like how you want to push your own artistic curiosity or like your collaborative spirit? Sometimes, and I say that because um, it depends on, on um, it depends. It just depends. Uh, a lot of years, before, you know, prior to this year, um, I was able to do that a lot. I think this year I've been extremely busy. Um, me and my partner, John Boogs, who's my company partner with our company, Movement Art Is, we're developing a, um, a live theater show uh, in collaboration with the Public Theater, and it's taking a lot of time. If y'all didn't know, now you know. <laughs> but um, that's in the works right now. Um, we've been working on that for years, and um, it's taking up a lot of time, so I haven't really had a lot of time to put towards, you know, developing new pieces and working on new works, to be honest, because I've been so focused on that and as well as um, a few feature films that I have coming up in the works. And um, but so so this year, you you know, you don't see me doing, you know, a solo performance like you, you know, normally would just mm -hmm. because um, I haven't had a lot of time to really you know, get into that. But I do love, you know, Vail is all about the power of collaboration, which is you know, one of the, you know, one of the best things about the festival to me. And I am working with, you know, different artists like Efrat in our performance tonight. That's going to be just insane <laughs> because, um, you know, I'm getting to get back into different styles of movement like house and like b-boying and, and all these different things and putting these different things together. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's one thing I really enjoy about it, even if I'm not doing, you know, my own particular style or, or my own particular piece, I'd say, um, here at the festival. I, I still enjoy, you know, collaborating with different artists, collaborating with KJ. You know, we had KJ out there joking. Y'all see? Did y'all see that? <laughs> he was hitting yeah. I mean, but I, I love it because now I know, you know what I mean? I know that. Uh, this is not the first, or I mean, this is the first, but not the last time right. this is going to happen, you know? So, I have a question, I think, for a lot of folks. How much information do you have in terms of what pieces you'll be doing, what partnerships you'll be doing before you arrive here? Absolutely zero. <laughs> we don't know squat before we get to Vail. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, for me, that's, that, that's where I find... You know, that's where the excitement lies for me. It's all because, you know, Memphis joking, you don't know what you're going to do on that dance floor if you're battling somebody, you know, until you get out there, until you let that music take over. Uh, and so, you're like, it's exciting for me to be able to come to Ville and be like, I don't know who I'm going to work with, but we're going to make it happen. And then you meet that person in there, you know, and, then, and then, you know, and, and y'all get to just work it out and, you know, and you know, if you have natural, you know, synergy, mm -hmm. that's even better. If you don't, you get to develop that and you get to get to know that person. So it, it, it's deeper than just, you know, putting two pe pairing people together and saying good luck. You know, it's developing new, you know, relationships with people that can last, you know, well, you know, you know, post post Vail Dance Festival. And 
you know, you, I, hopefully I get to work with KJ a lot more, you know, after this festival is done. I already told him. I was like, I'm going to hit you up when I get back to New York. Man. We got to work. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, that's what I love about this festival. Right. So, I mean, you've, you've come out here since you said 2012, so you have an idea. Like, you know what to expect coming mm-hmm. out here. But, Keiji, this was your first time. So, what sort of, um, what sort of kind of experience have you had? Like, what, what's been surprising to you or exciting? Um, well, Altitude was a shock for me. Definitely. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I, I think just what really shocked me was just the amount of like inspiration I was, I'm surrounded by and just how many like different artists there are here and like just the amount of like, there, I, I've realized that like there's so much more to learn about dance than I already know. And it's like, I think that's the great part about dance is that there's always something new to learn. You know, and yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, I love it here. Yeah, so much fun. We can see both of you performing tonight at the Now Premieres evening. And KJ, are you on tomorrow night as well? Yes. And Buck? Or is it tonight your last night? Tonight is my last night. So everybody has to come tonight. <laughs> you have um, to come. But I think we have some time to open up to audience questions right here. I have a question for KJ. Um, given your the different way in which you came to ballet. Um, you, you said you were 14 when you got to SAB. How did you get to SAB? What was it a teacher? Did you know about it? Was it something you aspired to? Or did somebody say you got to do this? I want to hop in just really quickly and say that SAB is School of American Ballet. Mm-hmm. No, it, we've been saying it just like very casually in the conversation, so I wanted to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, well, before I even went to SAB, I was at um, I was at Ballet Tech um, under the direction of Elliot Feld, and I was there for about a year, and I think it was just my parents sort of made the decision to have me audition for SAB. Um, and, like, I had no idea what SAB was at that time. I was like, what is SAB? Whatever, you know, I'll go try and see how it goes. And then I got accepted for the winter term that fall. And then, yeah, from that point on, I mean, it's like... Just going with it. Just went with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other questions? Bruce. So, but one of, the, one of the most impressive pieces of choreography this year was Celebrate the Beat. When you manage to weave your dance in between and then get with the kids as they were doing their thing and then sort of be independent a little while longer. It was so integrated and much more than usual, I think. How did that, how did, how did you piece that together? When did you first get with the kids? I got with the kids a day before that performance <laughs> and I was only able to do it at that level because those kids were so focused when I walked in that room and just, you know, I couldn't even explain the energy. Like, I almost forgot how amazing the cele- Celebrate the Beat kids, you know, actually are. Like, I, and Tracy's incredible at just bringing the best out of them. But I walked in that room and I just saw a bunch of, I just saw the eyes and they were just you know ready to take on the world and they gave me all the energy I needed to be able to be like you know what I gotta you know I mean but they made me want to push to show them what's 
possible but this you know they've been rehearsing for hours and for days and days and days to get that choreography right and make sure they're all on point and um i was like you know what you got to learn this as fast as you possibly can little buck because you know they're um, dialed in they're dialed exactly they're dialed in and um but it, it was it was moving man it, it felt great it, it always feels good working with those kids but um they they naturally i don't know i mean we we had a lot of synergy there like we got to know each other we got to talk before we started dancing and after we started dancing and 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 these kids are very passionate about movement and um but yeah it was it was just fast it happened really fast man tracy just told me okay when you come in here I want you, if you can learn this section, learn this section. She had it. She had already had it meticulously planned out, you know, what sections I'd be coming in and out of. And, um, you know, we just made it happen. We just made it happen. And, uh, you know, those kids, like I said, they, they were so on it that I had to be on it. And I had to learn it fast or I'd feel like, well, Buck, who are you right now? Like, you got <laughs> to get it together. Because these kids, I mean, they had it together. Like, they had it down. Like, they were looking at me, keeping me on count. Like, Six. <laughs> Six, two, three, four. Like they were they were counting for me. It was a certain moment where Tracy had them doing the counts for me. So they knew my my they knew their own counts and my counts. And I was just like, okay, this is, you know, I mean, but but you know, I loved it. It was pure joy and I love dancing with those kids. Uh but that's when, you know, that's when, you know, that's when everything just happened. It, it all just happened so smooth. Um, and I was able to learn it that fast because, you know, they were so professional and because they were so, you know, on it. So that's how it happened. Great. I'm glad you, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that oh, piece because <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Let's hear. Touching on that point, it was, it was so inspiring. My generation, the first time we saw ballet was usually the Nutcracker. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, yes, I'm all in. You two are their Nutcracker. You know, yeah. what they see yes. on, on the video, what they see you perform, and just being in that workshop with them, it's like you've inspired a whole other generation of dancers. I just want to say thank you. Oh, I, thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Thank you. But I, I live for that. You know, that's, you know, it's, it's a big passion of mine. I think that's also one reason why I love doing this, is just like mm -hmm. to really uplift and inspire the new generation to to also be that example that like, you know, for other for other kids that like you know I, that look like me that can be like uh, I can I can I can do it too if I mean if he can then I can too so 100 percent yeah right here um, when you were talking about Jupiter <laughs> um, you mentioned battling and I you know that's something that the the, the aspect of competition that's so central to Jupiter and I wonder if you could ever see a a role for that kind of competition being brought to in a particular type of choreography in the dance festival. Is there any way that those two uh, approaches can come together? I think they've subconsciously have before. Um, there have been pieces where um, we've done a little something like that. I think you're going to get a little bit of that in this new piece okay. uh, <laughs> that you'll see tonight. So don't miss it. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's, 
I mean, battling is is a you know it's a big part of you know de- development in Memphis Jukin as far as like you know us being able to feed off each other's energy and get better and get better and you know um, but yeah I, I mean I love the element of battling um, I love you know I think that could be a cool idea to have more to, to see more of that you know in the festival um, but I also know um, you know with battling it's um, for me, it's it's uh, like I said, it, it's it's a tool. You know, I, I kind of see battling as a tool and as a development, uh, developmental tool to you know help push each other and get better at certain things and and have that friendly competition. Um, you know, um, I, I try to as far as bat- just speaking on battling, I try to you know um, let the the youth and the young kids back in Memphis know that you know to to use it as a tool and not. Um, uh, and but all but always, you know, think beyond that because you know battling is so central to Memphis Jukin that sometimes that's all a lot of those kids think they have. It's 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 that battle world, and there's so much more out there for them. So I try to you know keep their minds you know expanded beyond that battle world because it can really get like that. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I think it'll be I think it'll be fun to have you know those different elements in there. Right, right here. Yeah. Can I take an earlier question for KJ back a step? You were asked how you got to SAB, and you mentioned Valley Tech. Yeah. You grew up in Texas, you said. Uh, I've always thought of Valley Tech as being a very New York thing for New York kids. Mm. Is, is that wrong with me, or how did you hear about that and how did you get into that? Um, honestly, it was all all my my parents. Like they, I I was just like I'm not. We moved to New York, and it was either I go to like. The regular public school, you know, live the regular New York kid life, or still have dance in my life still. And I think I think it was also like it was like mutually agreed between me and my parents that like we both like I I still wanted dance in my life. So then like my parents just sort of went on that hunt like super last second before the school year started, and like they found ballet tech, and then somehow managed to enroll me like super last second. And yeah, that's. That it certainly was, yeah. Um, there was, it was a great, um, great stepping stone into sort of dance in New York um, as a student, and yeah, I mean, I, I learned a lot from there, and then, and of course, I mean, I learned so much after moving to SAB, and like, there's just, yeah, a lot. I actually taught at Valley Tech for three years. I probably just oh. missed you. Probably. It's um, a great school. <laughs> yeah, uh, right here. <clears throat> Do you, do you treat your shoes so you're not slipping on stage because of the moves you make? <laughs> no, it's not. For a long time, that's a great question. For a long time coming to Vail, I just adapted, man. And it's been, it's been hard. I'm not, you know, um, for those of you who've ever performed in sneakers on a Marley floor, you know the struggle. It's real. And um, I just adapted. I just, you know, I, I saw it as something that, you know, you know, because and, and with Memphis Jukin, we started off dancing in the streets, like on concrete. And we had to find a way to, 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 to do the movements on concrete and make it look and feel smooth and, and, um, and look easy, but also have it to where you couldn't even hear us 
rubbing our feet against the, the concrete. So the dance actually looked good and you wasn't focused on all the time. Like we had to keep all of those different things in mind, uh, which made us look so fluid, you know, when we dance. And I had to do this. And I just took that same approach with, with, with dancing here in the festival or dancing on Marley's floors in general. Like how can I actually, you know, adapt my personal style of movement to be able to, um, you know, um, make it kind of make it a little easier for me to move across this floor, but also still look fluid as fluid as I do. And it's been it's a it was hard, man. I'm not gonna like it, but I developed a technique. It's so I'll give you a little trade secret um, that never leaves this room. No, <laughs> but no, it's I'm either grazing or I'm hovering. So with the with with wearing rubber, you know, just shoes like Air Force Ones or, the, or those sneakers that I wear. Um, and I wear those shoes for a reason. The reason why I wear those shoes is because they have a supportive last. They also have comfort on the inside. So that supportive last or sole um, helps me, you know, have more um, sustainability and, and, you know, and support being on my toes if I want to get up there. But it's also very comfortable to wear for, you know, a long amount of time. So um, that's why I wear those shoes to be able to do what I do. But I'm either grazing um the the kind of like outer sole of my shoe or I'm hovering my foot just above the Marley where it doesn't have much friction. And that really helps out a lot. It helps take a lot of the strain off of, you know, my knees because that it that can really be a problem with dancing on Marley floors and sneakers. Like doing certain movements can really, you know, uh jolt your knees or um, you know, put a lot of strain on them. So um but, you know, talking to Justin Peck Shout out to Justin, <laughs> but um, Justin, you know, dance with sneakers. He, you know, you know, I don't know if I want. Have, has he given away these? You know, it's uh, a pretty. I think you it's a say pretty, it. like everybody knows, right? Yeah. So yeah, like, okay. So yeah, he they they have a certain material at the bottom of their shoe. It's either like a suede or yeah, a yeah, certain it's, type it's suede. of. Yeah. It's like it's, it's suede. like a certain material to help make it easier. But um, so I've tried that, but I've I've learned when doing that. For my particular dance style, I can't put. I can't, I've tried it with with suede across the whole bottom of the shoe, but I've learned that that's a no no for me as well. Because as beautiful as it feels to have that, you know, to, to you know to have that freedom to be able to slide, you know, even better. Like I thought it was a game changer when I did it at first, but then um, it's certain movements in juking where I have to grip, mm. I have to feel that grip at the bottom of my shoe through the shoe, mm. you know, with my feet. And I can't feel that if my shoes gliding across the floor and I'm doing, and I'm using these certain muscles at the same time. So, uh, my foot would cramp, you know, uh, my foot would cramp very easily. Like the, you know, the, um, so, um, so I had to put, you know, suede in certain places on my shoes if I, if I, if I will do that. So, you know, I just learned that now, (laughs) but I only swayed half of the shoe. I don't do the whole shoe. Can I ask how long a pair of shoes lasts you? It depends on, it depends on the, in the mountains, in the mountains (laughs) here, here at the festival. Usually what do you anticipate? What do you pack? Maybe is the question. Um, I order shoes to meet me here in Vail. I always order a new pair of shoes because, um, I mean, just, you know, just so they can last. Uh, 
my Air Force Ones that I did order that met me here this year are, you know, they're, they're almost done. They're, they're almost done. <laughs> so uh, they don't, I mean, you know, the lifespan of those shoes can be, you know, from uh, two weeks to two days, depending on the performance. So, um, but yeah, luckily I've been able to, you know, last as long as I have here. Well, one more question. I think, did you... So Michael knows I love these conversations I've been telling him that every year for the last eight years. And I really enjoyed the interaction between the dancers as well. Um, and I, I learned in one two-minute stretch buck where you did that little demonstration, mm -hmm. more about what your dancing has been like, and I'll appreciate it so much more. So one of my comments to Michael going forward is a little bit more of the weeds would be nice. With some, you know, we're having conversations about dance. Can we see a little bit more dance? But my question to you guys, both of you, really, is how much conversations do you guys have about dance? Because you're with new people that you've never seen before. You just sit around and you know, tell jokes. <laughs> it's a bit of it's a bit of both. It depends on how much time we have with each other. You know, we're we're, we're learning so many different routines from different people. So, um, you know, I've been able to talk to KJ uh, a bit about Memphis Jookin and, you know, showing him a little bit. And we, we haven't gotten to talk, like, as much as I wanted to. But, um, but, um, but yeah, we, like, we're literally talking about, you know, collaborating right after this. Mm -hmm. Like, we were like, I don't have time until this time. Let's do something. So, um uh, but yeah, we definitely, I would definitely love to have more of that, more time to do that. But, you know, he's working on different pieces. I'm working on different pieces. We have to, you know, have these different time slots of different rehearsals. So it can get a bit tricky, but, um, but, you know, I'm always going to be reaching out, you know, that connection. I'm always going to be trying to make that connection happen. Well, I think that's all we have time for today, everyone. But thank you so much for coming out. Thank you, Kate, and KJ, and Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.